0: Imagine you picked up the most important book in the world. A book with words that can transform hearts. Now imagine it was full of highlights and notes in the margin, and you could see how this book has transformed someone's heart. This is the Notable Podcast. These are the discussions of twin pastors who share their underlining and highlighting. This is season six, Strengthen Hearts. A podcast on First Thessalonians. Let me tell you about this book, Jonathan, that we've really come to, to love and to guide and direct us. This, this is a book that one author said compared it to the Cinderella in the Pauline Corpus. And it is time <laughs> it is time for this Cinderella to come to the ball. Do you agree with that statement? I I love that. It's time for Cinderella to come to the ball. Well, she's kinda like the um the neglected child of in the Pauline corpus in, in, in Paul's writings. You know, yeah. and it's time to take the slipper and put it on her foot. Oh my goodness. That... <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's a beautiful, it's an encouraging book. Yeah. It's a gentle book. It's uh it's beautiful. It's it's not Romans, it's not Galatians, it's not one of those first Corinthians. It's it's just not a, a book that people would consider to be one of the hard hitters. It's not somewhere we turn for doctrine um but this is this is a book that we need to turn to we need Cinderella to come to the ball in a moment like this and this is the way i've been thinking about it this is a this is a this is a book that has a story of a man who suddenly um gets separated from the people that he loves this is a story of a pastor who is driven apart Socially distanced, if you will, Um, and not for the same reasons we're socially distanced now, but socially distanced from his church. And he is aching. He is losing sleep. He is concerned that the work that he had begun with the church um, is is not going to um, be—it's not done. It wasn't sufficient. He's concerned about that. I had a you. You did too, because uh, we went to school together, uh, in almost every single class our entire career of education. But uh, we, so we had a professor at one point, uh, and I remember this comment; I've never forgotten it. That each book of the Bible, each book of the canon, has a very specific uh, purpose. Uh, and, and unique position that that without it we'd be missing something integral to the Christian faith. And we're starting to tease that out now just a little bit. and certainly there's more to be said about first thessalonians than we have, but uh, first Thessalonians is a book that uh, while I hope that this podcast series has a little bit more longevity than than maybe this this pandemic does. But it speaks into situations where uh, you're distanced from people that you love. And how can we deal with that reality in a loving, kind, um, hopeful way? Right. And the the, the reason why I think this book is so important at a moment like this and why Cinderella needs to go to the ball and she needs to go to the ball right now is because 60 percent. Of this book, um, one author says sixty percent of this book is really all about Paul's desire to be with the Thessalonians, and these his opening comments don't actually end until the end of chapter three. and And this is where we want to go with this podcast. This is where this this is kind of the big theme that we want to unwrap with people. His big his big point really explodes into blessing. It explodes into him almost um, with a letter, holding his hands up. And at the end of uh, chapter three, and he, and he says, he's got a threefold blessing there. Says, may may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way, <laughs> clear the way for us to come to you. So that's the first blessing. May the Lord make love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. So that's number two. And then number three, and this is where our theme's coming from, may he strengthen your hearts. Uh, you know, I just, I think about brave heart, you know, may he give you brave hearts, strengthened hearts, that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord comes with all his holy ones. That That is his um mountaintop moment in the book of 1st Thessalonians this is where he wants to bring people into the presence of God with strengthened hearts and i think that's got to be what we want to do with this podcast it's probably going to take us a while to get there but we want to strengthen hearts we want to make brave hearts i i read uh i've been trying to to stay connected to people's lives in lots of different ways right now uh, calling people, texting people, Zooming people, FaceTiming people, but also reading about the experiences that people are having out there right now. And, of course, this is true all the time in our world. I suppose we're more um, aware of it now, and it's a much bigger issue now, but the anxiety that people are feeling, the fear that people are feeling, uh, that even Christians are going through. Um whether that's economic, pandemic-related, um, I, I, Timothy, I'm with you. You know, I I think of what we did with Amos, and <laughs> we—that's the one that kind of sticks in my mind. Restore and the restore the roar. That was restore a good one. Restore the roar. It's <laughs> a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It really warmed so, my heart. <laughs> it did. It sounded now, really proud, is, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> no, it was just, I was just saying, I'm not comparing it to anybody else. It was great for me. That's all I was saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, we're doing, I I look at all that stuff like God gives us what he gives us at a given time. And I know, I know that this is a time when I, we can be quiet before the Lord, where We can actually increase our love instead of becoming more loveless and more isolated, but we can actually increase our love and that we can be strengthened. Um, I like that Braveheart metaphor. I can just kind of see him doing the battle cry, but uh, wow, that's what we're getting into right now. You know, thinking about people right now and what people are experiencing and how we can Turn this time into a holy time for people, where they come closer to God instead of feeling more isolated from or farther from God. Yeah, right. And I, I, I think increase our love and uh, increase our yearning. I, I think increase our yearning. If Thess- Thessalonians really leans into yearning, he he's going to use technology, and we're going to talk that talk about that in, in a second. He uses the technology of the day, um, it's called a letter, to to connect with the, the Thessalonians in the best way he knew how, but the yearning didn't go away. The yearning to be with them, the yearning to strengthen them, the yearning to bring their understanding of Christ to completion um, in person, that that doesn't go away. So increasing our yearning to be together again so that brings us to this question. Uh, why did Paul write? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the best answer to that, I think, is because he had to. You know, because he had to. He got thrown out of town um, by uh, in a riot. And the only thing that was left for him to do was to pick up um, the technology of the day you know, a piece of parchment and a pencil. I don't know if they had ancient pencils or pens or whatever. And to to set pen to paper. That was the only thing that he could do. Well, and, and exactly. You know, this is probably a little bit pedantic, but we're trying to draw a parallel right now. We've, the church uh, does this. And we're trying to show that historically the church does this. When we can't be with people, which is always the goal, physical presence is always the goal, and we're going to look at that uh, more later in this podcast. But but when you can't have physical presence with people, what's the next best thing? Uh, technology. Technology is so Paul. He couldn't be with them in person to teach them in person to preach to them in person to live life with them and model life for them in person, and so what's the next best thing? Technology. And like you said, the technology of, uh, of a letter. And before we go any farther into the podcast, and, and just maybe to help everybody understand what we're doing today, is that's really w- what we're going to examine in this podcast. It's really a prequel to the book of 1 Thessalonians and examining sort of the big picture here. And to do that, we need to examine this idea of of technology a little bit. Start teasing out um, what it means, what it doesn't mean, and to to um, maybe plant in in uh, our, ourselves and our listeners some neophyte ideas about about technology and what it all means. Yeah, right. I I'm I'm simply amazed at how the churches responded with technology and some of this, some of this stuff is not a bad thing. Like um, I think I'm too cynical about technology. I'm just going to say that right away. Uh, like churches who didn't have electronic giving, giving suddenly are giving people the opportunity to give electronically and their offerings are going up in this. I've heard uh, I, I have, some churches are getting, people to view their services from all over the world now so Mm -hmm. you know it's you have to wonder what God is doing through technology and yet I still I'm I still have to say that um, the goal is physical presence I think technology can do some things well and it can't do other things well at all. (laughs) so let's yeah i mean (laughs) let's tease that out let's tease that out together um first of all uh, let's talk about this technology of the letter versus other forms of technology because there are differences here um like for example why didn't god give us a piece of art for us to meditate why did he give us a letter well, I think that's fairly obvious, right? Like God, God wants to give us something that's that's archived, that's clear, uh, that doesn't offer a bazillion different interpretations. Uh, he wants something that's uh, that elucidates our lives, and so there are, are, of course, other forms of technology or other forms of tech, of communication um, that can be frozen, like art. But a letter is a particularly clear way of doing it. Yeah, and it still is. It still is like, yeah, it still is. You're always careful when you write letters. One one of my daughters. Um, I, sometimes I come home, and and it's weird because I'll leave to like do food deliveries or something, or to open up our food pantry right now, and um, I'll come home, and my daughter, I'll, I'll have been gone like all of you know eight hours or something like that. And my oldest daughter will write me a letter. It like that is the easiest way for her to bear her heart. And she'll she'll hand it to me and then sit next to me and I'll read it. And and I'm not gonna tell you what she writes, but there's there and you know, you think about what lovers will do too. They the love letters that are that are shared, even though they don't need to be shared. You you sit down and you bear your heart in writing and it's particularly lasting and um, it shows it's a way of showing just how much you care and you care so much that you want it to sort of say be like job said um, take iron to a rock and so it's there that it's inscribed on stone you you know the other the other thing is uh and This is maybe going against what popular culture might think, just a little bit. But writing is actually when to experience writing is really quite immersive in a very active way. So if you watch a movie, for example, you are being given images, and you're a very in a a very real sense you're passive. You are just receiving um, the images from somebody else. And and there's there's implications for that. Uh, They control your experience uh, very (laughs) on a very deep level. Uh, Whereas, and this is why people they'll say uh, when there's a book you can read, and then the book is then made into a movie. uh, Very often, people say the book was better, and (laughs) and which is interesting, and I think telling about the, the technology of writing. Uh, what happens when you read a writing is that you are more engaged, more of your humanity is actually engaged in a certain sense because what you're doing um, with, I guess you could call, the superpower of your imagination. Imagination is an incredible gift from God because you're piecing together so many different senses in your own mind and you're activating yourself as a whole human being, and when, so that's what happens when you're reading: is you're engaging yourself. It's a very immersive experience, if you think about it, because you're very actively engaged uh, with what's being said as you as you uh, activate your imagination. So many different parts of your senses, um, and we'll look at some of the powerful, powerful images that the Apostle Paul has for us in this letter, but. I did want us to think about that because we live, in an, we live in a culture of images. A lot of our technology now is the communication of images. And uh, to think about how controlling those images are of your experience and how passive you are when you receive them. Whereas with this uh, technology of writing, the Lord is really activating um, in a very active way more of who you are yeah I, I were saying a lot of like high and high praise for the letter, and you know God's word was was given to us in in the form of of letters. And yet, for the apostle Paul, like I just want to say this difference again. It wasn't his preferred choice. It was only and always a secondary. Choice. He always wanted to make plans to go and be with the people. Um, and you know, we have we have lots of new technologies. We have Zoom now, like the Zoom boom, and uh, we have FaceTime and Google Classroom and all of these different things. And and um, I just wanted to ask the question. Does the letter does the letter um, r- deserve higher praise than than Zoom or what 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 would you say about that? <laughs> well, I, I was trying to make a small case for um, the letter as a continued form of medium, and of course, nothing else is in the inspired Word of God. Uh, but I do let me just read this here from First Thessalonians five or seven. This is a very solemn charge that we'll come back to again later in the podcast. But he says, I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. So, I mean, if you, if, if you think that out, the Apostle Paul is commanding the use of this technology. Nothing less than the commanding the use of of this technology. And I'm as a very, I'm a very, I'm very proud about this as a pastor that I do that. I do that at my church. I, I engage, you know, I think about this, Timothy, like I'm not showing a movie. What do, what do do I do when people come to church? I don't show them a movie. I read the word of God. I actually read (laughs) a frozen text. You know, it's think about that. The, the, the importance of that uh, to Christians. I, I do think it is important to laud the way in which that God uh, has chosen to mediate himself to us. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I I wanted to just talk about um, as we think about uh, social distancing and the use of technology, the use of the letter, the use of zoom um, and kind of push into that just a little bit. I, I, I read an article um, in a book of essays uh, that talked about the use of technology within community, and this is this was a thoughtful essay that uh, addressed um, technology and community well before this pandemic. Like the pandemic kind of turned everything upside down um, and it and it doesn't really allow allow thoughtfulness. Uh, but th- this is an essay that came at this. Um, with with great thoughtfulness and kind of teased out what are the differences between modern technology like Zoom or Facebook or, you know, some of those things and physical presence and physical presence. And it, everyone acknowledges the power of physical presence and the importance of it. And I want to just give you a couple uh, examples of this. Um, think about when a baby's born into the world. Um, one thing that you're not w- going to want to do as a parent is um, FaceTime that child. What what the child wants and needs. <laughs> I, I know that, that that sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <but laughs> <I'm> yeah. <sorry. laughs> Like what Over is the world? <laughs> what is the first thing that that child needs? And study after study after study has said this: skin to skin contact. So it's almost like the the child's born. They schlep this thing that you know isn't even cleaned off, and they set it on top of the mother's skin. Mm-hmm. Because because there is something truly important about touch, about being with each other. There, there's another study there's another study that was done with medical students about whether video chat could be used for support and what the do you know what the the medical students complained about the, the lack of eye contact mm. you you can't you can't do that on video chat because you have like you know if you got your zoom screen up you got like you can have like 20 people in front there's no eye contact and um there's no physical cues at all. like you can't you can't look at what are people's hands doing, what are their feet doing. We, we are truly missing something important when um, you cut out some of those really important cues, physical presence uh, and study, they did another study on whether it's children, and and students can learn online, and inevitably the, the studies come back and say yes, they can learn, but it's not as good as as teaching in presence. And there's there's so many, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm searching for the right word, uh, things that we maybe can't even name that that we need uh, from being with people. Yeah and right it's it's like it's more I feel like we're we're butting up against a little bit of a mystery of grasping what it actually means to be human what it actually means to have five senses you know to see to taste to hear to touch to smell to to en- to engage your whole person you know we're not just souls we are bodies and that's that's what we're talking about, and we don't want to lose that. And we we, we need to keep asking the question. Um, what are we missing? Um, I I know I know some people are well intentioned. Everybody's, as far as I can tell, in Christianity, well intentioned right now. But I've heard statements that you know online services are just as good, and um, you know, wow. <laughs> i I read one statement that said uh, this one blew me away that the online experience was one of the best worship experiences that this person had ever had and i I read that and i and i wondered like how how could that possibly be when when you think about you know the difference between in-person worship and an online in an online experience, I and that's not to say like it, it, you know the balance the balance here is this that we technology is important and clearly the apostle Paul is using it here, but the apostle Paul would also never like never ever ever say that it's like I prefer writing a letter to my church, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean. That would, that's that's a ridiculous idea. I mean, now I'm even thinking about John and what he says in his letters. Like, I want to be there with you. There's going to be no sea. You know? That that's like the whole thing in Revelation. There's going to be no more sea and no more separation, no more distance. So even as even as we embrace technology, I mean, Timothy, you and I are obviously we're on a podcast. Technology. Like, we're, <laughs> I can't even like I can't even tell you how many different. Technologies or is you using like microphones and computers and recording devices, like it's ridiculous. I guess but... we're not Luddites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like why why am I podcasting? Well, it's a medium uh that that gets out the word of God. So like why wouldn't we podcast? Why wouldn't we do this? But is it what I prefer? No. I I had a I had it just this discussion it was interesting. It's so interesting. I I I don't know if you find yourself doing this, Timothy, but I find myself doing this thinking about conversations I had like just over a month ago with people, and I had this conversation with with um uh, with a younger pastor, and he was thinking about um how am I going to instruct people in God's word, help them understand Christ better, come into his church, and stuff like that. And he was he was thinking about doing videos for that. I said, "Do not do it, do not do it. they need you in person and you know these kind of conversations like haunt me a little bit now. <laughs> but i I still believe that you know here I am in a post coronavirus world or in a coronavirus world, and I actually still believe that to to my very core yeah one of one of the most influential uh novels that kind of tease this out for me was one called the naked sun and i I think it's a book that a lot of people should read these days (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. by isaac asimov and he he talks he imagines it's science fiction so if you're into that it's a good book for you he imagines this world called solaria and the inhabitants of solaria uh, basically all they do is, is this amazing zoom zooming of each other. So they never spend time together and uh, they, they, they only have sex um, hardly ever. Like, it's disgusting to them. And they have this technology uh, that they call viewing, where you can't even tell the difference between viewing and what they call seeing, which would be physical presence. And this detective goes to Solaria and he's shocked right away because he sees he, he views this woman getting out of the shower and she's completely naked. And, um, he says, well, what are you doing? She's like, well, you're not really seeing me. Um, you're just seeing a projected image. So they, like they understood the difference between viewing and seeing to such an extent that this detective who's investigating murder that happened there, he sometimes the solarians would all of a sudden um, close down the viewing suddenly like cuz they didn't want to talking more boom done so and one one solarian got physically sick in the presence of the detective because physical presence was overwhelming for this solarian yeah, so here's my point you know when you think that through what does technology do it actually is a way um, in some cases, to keep people at arm's length. Look, you can just shut down the screen whenever you want. You can you can decide not to pick up the fa- phone when someone's calling. You can set aside the mass uh, of of relations humanity. Yeah, and um, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. Think about that. That is exactly what we're doing right now. Stay away from me; you can make me sick. And um, I hope that doesn't continue when it doesn't need to anymore. That we that all of a sudden churches are going to decide to um, really push online worship, and um, I think there's good reason not to do that. Even even if we do continue to offer. Technology as a means for those who really can't make it, and and I'm not talking about the people who are just plain lazy. So I want to I want to talk about that more with you. And uh, what we're trying to do now is like keep the yearning up, try to stoke the fire a little bit for physical presence. Uh, that's a good thing for us to do. It keeps us prayerful uh, about about this issue. It doesn't let us get comfortable with this issue, and I think that's I think that's really important right now. And so I, I want to just think this out with everybody a little bit. What is a theology of presence? What's the theology of presence that keeps us yearning? So I, I, first of all, I wanted to talk about God with you. Just talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, he's God in 3D. He's God in more than 3D. To, to understand Jesus truly is to understand that he came and he became one of us. Uh, he's called the Word. You know, he's actually called the Word, and 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 until you understand that the way that John understands that he John says no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God as in, and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. See, understanding God is understanding his desire. Not only his desire, but, um, his actualized presence among us in the person of Jesus Christ to the, to the point that John, I I love the Greek on this. Um, he says that Jesus exegetes the father. If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus, look at him among us. He walked among us. He touched us. He carried our sins. He carried our diseases. Uh, God, in other words, God did not stay at arm's length in any way, shape, or form. He came as 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 close as possible in proximity. He became one of us. You know, it, it's interesting. You know, someone made this comment to me about Jesus and the lepers, and how that kind of closely parallels how we treat the sick today, and you know, um, stay away from me kind of thing. If you know someone's gotten coronavirus, Jesus just goes right in there. <laughs> you know? And the people who have been ostracized and socially isolated, quarantined, to use that word, Jesus just gets near to them. And you know, Jesus was, that's the presence right there. That's power. We're We're doing like a, a theology of the Incarnation right now, and just thinking about that and what that means right now. But then also, um, not just the theology of the Incarnation, but what if we put this on a narrative arc in the Bible? I mean, just, just do that, a rudimentary narrative arc in the Bible. Um, God walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Uh then we wrecked the planet, and we separated ourselves from God through sin, and God had to start mediating His presence to us. Uh, but God came closer and closer to us until finally, uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus, is God, and and became one of us, as we just discussed. But the narrative didn't stop. Doesn't stop there either. You know, we hope um, that. God's gonna come Jesus is gonna come back again, and that we are gonna be in the unmediated presence of God, um, in a new heaven and a new earth. So we go from unmediated presence of God to unmediated presence of God. There's no distance there anymore. That's our great hope, you know? Right. It's just trying to stoke the fire of yearning. And this is this is what we're going for. Yeah, the apostle Paul. Just to connect it back to 1 Thessalonians, that's what he's yearning for. He's yearning to for unmediated presence that we already have through Jesus Christ, right? We, we come to God through Jesus, and he wants to bring that same personal um, presence to the Thessalonians. And isn't that what we all yearn for, too? To strengthen our hearts in that. We we live in a world right now, Timothy, where uh, in a creation where there's so many, I guess you call polarities. Uh, there's there's hot and there's cold, there's far and there's near, there's light and there's dark. But the promise in the Bible, uh, like the prophet Zechariah said, on that day, you know, on that day there will be neither sunlight nor cold, frosty darkness. God's gonna erase um, polarities and, and the Lord will be King over the whole earth. Revelation, John in Revelation, he, he fleshes that out for us even more. He says, there's not going to be any more night. Uh, why not? For the Lord will got the Lord, God will give them light. (laughs) Uh, the glory of God gives it light and the lamb is its lamp. I mean, we're talking about the unmediated presence of God. Uh, and I, I hope we're stoking the fires of hope, this yearning, you know, the apostle Paul wants to get to his church. I want to get to my church. You want to get to your church. Uh God wants to get to his church. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, let's let's not hope for too little, right? Yeah. I, hoping for too little would be to say, like, I I just want this to be over. <laughs> let's let's our hope is bigger than that. And yeah, this is gonna be over too, but let's hope for everything that God has promised and which is to come into into our Father's presence, blameless and holy, like Paul says. Timothy, clearly, we have a, we have a lot to say about this book, and which is why we got to wrap it up. But uh, I'm excited about uh, entering into so many more discussions. We we've, we've talked about technology. We're going to go so much further, though. We're going to talk about imitation in the Christian life. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, human sexuality, what the Apostle Paul has to say about it in this book. It's beautiful. We're going to look at eschatology together. We're going to look at the second coming of Jesus. It's a massive way to bring Cinderella to the ball. We're going to look at prayer. We're going to look at hope. We're going to look at love. We're going to look at faith. We're going to look at the sacrifice of Jesus. We're going to look at idolatry. I mean, I'm just getting started. Uh come back next time. We're going to be strengthened in in so many different areas of of our life. Thank you for listening to us, and uh, we'll see you next podcast. and you want to support this ministry, please go to www.thenotablepodcast.com.